welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This is Deb Crow, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, and it is Wednesday, April the 5th, 2017. I am delighted to have our guest with us tonight. Her name is Laura Lucinda Anderson, and I was happy to join her as a co-author in Book 12 of the Change Book series. It is the fastest personal development book series in the world. We have over 240 authors now who are speeches, who are, pardon me, who are speakers and coaches and authors. And we are now in over 25 countries. So just an extraordinary, innovative project that Jim Britt and Jim Lutz have brought to fruition. And I just feel so honored and privileged to be part of that journey. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest tonight. Laura is a certified core energy coach and energy leadership master practitioner, and I can't wait to learn more about her work. She is also an internationally known relationship expert, and she serves as an expert blogger for Your Tango, and she has also been published in several national magazines. And right now she's working on her first book that's set to be published sometime this year. So we'll get an update from her. Laura has also collaborated with several top coaches and relationship experts around the world, including Dr. John Gray, who you all would know to be the author of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, which is a fabulous book. Laura loves working with positive professional women and men who are open to change and want to continuously improve their life. Sounds like a good plan to me. So, Laura, welcome to the Changebook Radio Show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I want How are to you, thank Deb? you. I am, you know what, I am doing great, and I've been thinking about you all day, and, and my mind's been just racing to, to come up with some great questions, because I was excited about our conversation last night, and I reread your chapter, which, as I told you before we started, was quite timely for me. So I guess my first question that I want to ask you is, how did you come to communicate with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz? And what was your final decision to join the Change Book community? Well, actually, Jim Britt contacted me on LinkedIn and um, just messaged me and said, um, I have an opportunity for you. Um, I see that you're a writer and relationship expert and uh, energy coach and um, I'd like for you to check out the change book. I think you would be an asset. And um, so I checked it out and they gave me a phone call. Um, both of them called me together and we discussed it. And um, I saw it as a great opportunity. Um, one, to, uh, so that people in the world, you know, outside, you know, everywhere got to know me and what I do as a coach. And, um, you know, basically what I want to do is I want to leave a legacy of love in the world. And, um, you know, what better way to do it than to connect with high-level coaches like Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. And and I agree with you. And, And I love your outlook about leaving a legacy. And I think right now, we're at such a time in our world of, of division and crises and war. And I just, I think that's a great passion to have. And I think that's one that you and I share. And I'm really Mm -hmm. intrigued about the work that you do as a core energy coach and an energy Mm -hmm. leadership master practitioner. And, And I know that I am familiar with those terms, but I would love for you to just give the listeners a bit of insight for the work you do. And maybe you could confidentially 
or without breaching confidence, give us an example of someone who's come to you and the work that you were able to do and how you helped them. I think that would be really insightful. Okay. So basically my background, my training as a coach um, is through IPEC. I'm an IPEC coach and um, IPEC um, uh, the basis for IPEC is, is energy leadership. And so through IPEC, I became a certified professional coach or also known as core energy coach and energy leadership master practitioner, where we do an assessment um, called the ELI. It's an energy leadership index. And um, basically it's executive level coaching. You have to do like 180 hours of school, a hundred hours of coaching just to get certified. And then also, um, uh, there's a book called Energy Leadership. It was started by um, Dr. Bruce Schneider. And uh, we basically raise the consciousness um, in companies and in individuals um, in couples. It really just depends upon your niche. And so for me, this kind of coaching resonated with, um, you know, me as a person um, Basically, by the age of 21, I had experienced most everything you can imagine in life, um, good and bad. And um, uh, I realized uh, I was very much an old soul. And um, I realized that one thing about me is no matter what happened in my life, I never made what happened to me about who I was in the world. And I think the difference was mindset and being positive. I always saw the glass as not just half full, but overflowing. And um, like Maya Angelou says, even, um, even during the darkest times, like what does it say? Um, uh, uh, now I know why the caged bird sings, even in its darkest times it believes in spring, something like that. Um, so basically, um, I ended, to give you just the, the basic gist of it, I ended the cycle of domestic violence, domestic abuse for my family. And I'm talking uh, emotional, physical, and sexual And um, by the age of 21, I experienced so much. And then after that, I I majored in psychology. And then um, I found out that I'm an empath pretty early on and that I couldn't fix people. And so my becoming a psychologist and listening to people over and over again, you know, complain about the same thing and diagnose people – I, I want to help people so much, and I realized I couldn't fix them and that I would just kind of soak it up, you know? And so it wasn't until later in life that I came back after working in the corporate world and being a stay-at-home mom and having different businesses that I realized that my gift, because no matter what I did, no matter what I did, whether it was the corporate world or having my own businesses like a consignment shop and a bead shop and everything in the world I've done, I say I'm Martha Stewart without the jail time and the um, without the jail time and the millions because um, I've done something of everything. But um, no matter what I did, people would come to me and just spill. Especially women would come to me and just tell me their deepest, darkest secret and invite me like I'm their best friend. And something about it was usually it was something that I had already experienced and been through, and so I could help them. And or maybe something that I said. I could just be at my shop and, you know, something I would say would speak into someone else's listening and uh, they would go, wow, you know, I am dealing with that right now. And so it was almost like it's like a divine path. It was like God was like, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care that you think you're going to work in the corporate world. I don't care that you think you're going to own a boutique. This is your life path. I'm going to send people to you, and you're going to help them, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And so that's how all this started. And so the energy leadership for me, raising people's consciousness and getting people to get out of victim mode, out of um, fear, um, 
and worry mode and choosing love um, is is what resonated with my soul. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, and I'm I'm listening to you, and and we have a lot in common, which doesn't surprise me. So by the age of 21, you probably well you simply did it. You probably went through more than most people or some people even experience in a lifetime. And, and I can resonate with that because I lost my dad at 21. And I think it's an impactful age as you're a young adult attempting to develop and come into who you are and what you do. And, and I fully agree with you. You can choose to uh, accept that it happened, but not allow it to define you. And I, I commend you because that is also how I live my life with mindset and positivity. And I think sometimes it's easy to be the victim and think about the poor me phase is what I like to call it and everything that's happened to you. But Mm -hmm. I think if you can sit back and embrace and take a few deep breaths and maybe just sit in gratitude for what you do have, it always outweighs those happenings. And I think that that is a huge barrier for a lot of people. And I, I honestly think that's why there's so many people suffering from anxiety and depression and mental illness, because they just can't find that gateway. And I'd love your insight as a coach and a, and a leadership professional. And again, with your psych background, I think your transferable skills and what you're doing now is just such a good use of who you are as a professional woman, but just encompassing everything that you bring from all your academic work that you've done and your own personal experience, you can relate to some of these people, but what are, what are some of the tools in your toolkit that you can, can maybe recommend for people that have these mental illnesses that, you know, I realize a lot of them do not have a support system and have many different elements or barriers that help them struggle from being able to be that victorious mindset. What do you think would be a couple easy steps to recommend? Because I know that that is a ongoing growing problem in our world and for them, it's just easy to go to the doctor and get the prescription and start on the antidepressants. And and really, and again, this is just my opinion, it's a Band-Aid and, and we're not really getting to the root of, of the problem. So what what would you recommend? Right. What are some strategies that you would, you know, use, whether you have your psychologist hat on or your coaching hat, to just maybe give them some simple steps to maybe change that mindset? Well, first of all... Um, Life coaches, that's, that's exactly why um, I didn't, I'm not a psychologist. It's because I don't diagnose people. You know, I, I didn't want to be a psychiatrist. I didn't want to hand out the meds. Um, I'd say, I'd say just like there's, um, you know, what's the word, naturopathic doctors or, and versus MDs. You know, you also have your psychologists and your coaches and your um, spiritual practitioners. And sometimes people fail to realize that it's not all physical. Some of it is very much spiritual. And, um, you know, I don't, it just depends upon what you believe, but my experience in my life is when I see things happen to people, um, things come up for me that, wow, why would that be happening now? You know, what's the lesson? Because I, one, I think that we're, okay, one, I think that we're both the student and the teacher in every single relationship, okay? And so we have to learn the lesson, move forward, move forward. Well, if someone has psychological issues, sometimes it could be from trauma or whatever. It could be something that happened or if it's something that's, you know, brain related, like something that, you know, they absolutely can't help and it has nothing to do with their experience in this world. Um, I mean, the thing is, is what a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists fail to realize is some of this is very much spiritual. It could be relative to a past life. It could be relative to um, something that 
um, someone's relationship with the world, like something they believe about themselves. It could be more emotional. It doesn't necessarily have to be brain function. Does that make sense? Well, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big lover of Louise Hay. And I, I truly believe in all the writings and, and education that I've done that what you just said speaks loudly. I, I believe that every ailment in the body causes some form of dis-ease, which eventually over time, if it goes without support or treatment, will turn into mm-hmm. disease. And I, I see that volunteering at hospice, talking to family members. And one of the biggest uh, things that I hear, Laura, is my mom never spoke her mind. My mom tried to keep peace. And I think that pent up emotion over time gets mm-hmm. released as anger and maybe not directed at anyone. But I just think it's unhealthy. So I love what you said right. there about the different types of, of medicine. And I, I love chatting with Diana Allen, who's another phenomenal co-author in the south of France. And she always talks about allopathic medicine versus alternative or complementary or traditional Western. There is a a paradigm to all of them and there is a place for all of them. And again, I think it's a personal choice. And a lot of people that I know and that I have worked with to achieve work-life balance comes down to choosing who you are. And and again, that mindset piece, how you want to live your life. So it's right, interesting that the physical, yeah, the physical, emotional, and the spiritual, and and you need to work with all of them in order to make a whole person. And so, so don't just you know go and take a drug and expect to to um, sedate yourself and everything will be fine. Absolutely, you know? it's it's a band aid. It's going to take away the symptom, but it's not going to get to the root. And I I love what you just said about being the student and the teacher. Just give, just give me a little bit more information on what you meant. I I know what you mean by that, but I don't want to take it for granted. And I want our Uh listeners to really understand what that means. What did you mean when you said that? Okay. Well, what what I'm trying to say is, and you can see this in our lives. We have patterns that we develop in our lives. Um. We decide who we are at a very younger, very young age, you know, ages one to five, we decide who we are and um, uh, how we occur to other people in the world and um, our limits and um, basically we create this box for ourselves, you know. So we go throughout time and as we develop relationships, um, we have these issues. Well, a lot of times the same issues will happen over and over again, like patterns and um and we don't get that the only common thread of all this is ourselves. And we go throughout life and um, uh, everything around us is mirroring our thoughts, okay? What we think about ourselves and what we think about the world. The world is a big old mirror. So every person that comes into our lives, this is basically like law of attraction, what the universe brings into our lives. Everything, every single person that comes into our lives It's like um, they're presenting us with um, something that we are to learn, okay? And we are, and they are to learn something from us. It's like kind of a spiritual thing. And you'll start to notice it if if you don't get it. If if someone something happens in your life and you don't get it, you don't get the lesson, then it seems like you're running. You're on a little like a hamster on a treadmill, like a a wheel, hamster on a wheel. Does that make sense? So something happens. You make it mean something, you respond the same way, and then the same result occurs. So next thing you know, you're just hamster on the wheel, and you think it's everybody else. Everybody else thinks I'm this, or everyone else responds to me like this, when really the common thread is you, and it's how you're occurring to the world. So basically change your thoughts, change your words, change your actions, change your world. Well said. I, I agree. And it's it's so common for people to not implement themselves into that equation because it's so easy to blame everyone else. Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. For, number one, we have to accept responsibility for our lives. Every single day, every single second of our life is a choice. doesn't seem like that, but it is a choice. 
And the thing is, is there's two types of energy, catabolic energy, which is negative energy, and anabolic energy, which is positive energy. So what you want to do, if you want to change your life, you want to first examine your thoughts, your thoughts about yourself, thoughts about those around you. And you want to try to make choices with love, free from worry and fear. This is basically how to change your life. So you want to change your thoughts, change your words, and change your actions so it resonates with your heart and soul. And completely, you will raise your vibration. It's like physical, emotional, and spiritual. You'll raise your vibration. You will, the universe will respond differently to you. You will attract love. When you be love, you attract love because it's mirroring you. Does that make sense? It does. And I love what you just said about anabolic and, and catabolic because I come from the medical world And I know in the world of um, endocrinology, so specialists that look at human growth and and study hormones and and how the hormones should traditionally be classified, that is the words that they use. They use anabolic or catabolic. And it depends on which part of the metabolism that that hormone will stimulate. So isn't that interesting that you talk about our energy and and that anabolic being positive. So it's just such a nice tie-in for what we were just talking about, about how mindset and emotion really define physical being. Yeah. I love that. I think we just, I think we just had like an aha moment. I just did. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. And, And you know what? All choices are based on either love or fear. Think about that. You need to say that one again. Say that again very loudly. All choices are based on love or fear. So you can choose love or you can choose worry or fear. And what you want to do, what you'll find in life is those times when we make choices based on worry or fear, like if we're worried about something and we think we have to choose this because it has to happen, Sometimes we need to just let go and let God and, um, you know, ask for help instead of making that fear-based choice. Make sure that you're making a love-based choice for you and for others. Basically, you want to create a win-win. That's the ultimate thing that you want to do, and that, 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 would, that would raise your energy level. So basically, we want people to go from being victims in this world, which is the lowest level of energy, okay, which means I am not in control, Okay, I'm not responsible, I'm not in control, everything happens to me. To anger, which is actually the next level up. If I'm working with a client and I see them go from victim to I'm a loser and I want to kill myself, and of course that wouldn't be my client, but um, to anger, you know, basically victim is you're at the, um, uh, not in control. You know, everything else is happening to you and, and, you know, you're not responsible. But when they move up to anger, and that tells me that they're actually um, raising their consciousness. And then the next level would be like forgiveness um, and then nurturing and then creating win-win. Does that make sense? It does. And it, it's very similar to uh, the teachings that I do in a volunteer capacity at hospice when we're bringing someone through mm-hmm. the grieving stage. And it's very similar, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's completely like the grieving stage, completely. But see, we also have an average resonating level of energy that we go about, we go about our lives um, thinking a certain way, okay, until we start changing our thinking. But, that, but the, the assessment that we do, the IPEC coaches, we, you know, as energy leadership, but as a practitioner, um, the ELI assessment that I do um, – we'll figure out someone's average resonating level of energy. Most people are about a two to three, which is anger to reconciliation. Um, and what I want to do is, is raise their energy level up so that they can attract what they want in their life and they experience success. And success is basically relative to whatever makes them happy. Just energy work in general is so interesting. If people would just be open to accepting and because I know some people think that it's, I've heard clients call it woo-woo and they just don't realize it's, it's our whole existence and who we are. But again, 
if they're going to put up a barrier, you can't help them till they're ready to be open. So it's human behavior intrigues me. So give us an update on your book and tell us what it's about and, and share the title if you, if you haven't yet and, and what's happening with your book project. Okay. Well, um, you're talking about the upcoming book, not the change, right? Cause the change That's I actually right. handled that chapter. Okay. All right. Um, my book that is coming up is my memoir and it's called little queen of majesty lane. I actually grew up in Atlanta on majesty lane and, um, I wrote it from the perspective of a child. The child in me wrote that book. And so not it's not necessarily what happened, but my perception of what happened. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of work to be able to write this. Um, what inspired me is when my daughter, who's now 23 um, and a news anchor, uh, she, when she was in 10th grade, she had Lyme disease and, and, she had to read the glass castle and she would read one chapter and I would read another chapter so she wouldn't fall asleep because she really was not doing well. And, um, I just fell in love with that book. It's called the glass castle by Jeanette Walls, And, um, she was born in a holler and in a highly dysfunctional family. Whereas I grew up in a middle-class family in Atlanta, um, that looked perfect on the outside, but was super dysfunctional on the inside. So, um, and so mine is all about growing up and it's, 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 uh, kind of like, I was kind of like Pippi Longstocking, um, on the loose, <laughs> uh, with alcoholic parents, <laughs> but as you imagine, it's pretty funny, pretty crazy, pretty sad. Um, my mom did her best. She, um, she recently passed away. Um, she was like Martha Stewart and a nurse and worked nights and, um, and my dad was a really bad alcoholic and he had his own business and he would black out and just some crazy stuff would happen. And so, um, so I basically, um, I'm almost finished, um, but I've, I've written it to, um, empower others. It's really about what happens in your life doesn't make who you are. And, um, it, it begins actually with me because, you know, when you grow up with no boundaries, and you grow up with a father um, who is is um, who you can't really trust um, in my case, um, and is not really there for you. Um, uh, it's hard. For, I, I don't want to give up too much about the book, but um, but my father was not 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 a great father for me growing up, and uh, took advantage of me in many many ways, and uh, was abusive in every way, and. Um, so when you grow up with that, you have no boundaries, and, and nobody's teaching you what's right and what's wrong. You, you, you think it's normal. And so um, the book begins with um, I ended up marrying um, some that, somebody that was extremely abusive, and the book begins with me um, leaving him um, the week my daughter turned two, and my last two nights uh, with him, after I told him I wanted a divorce, he said he was going to kill me and my daughter our daughter. So um, basically if he told me if I went to sleep that he would kill me and her, and um, he was taking me to work and taking me home. So the book starts with that and then it jumps back to Majesty Lane. It's about growing up and, and not knowing, you know, what's right and what's wrong and um, who to trust. And uh, uh, it was just this one big mess after another but I was I was still happy and got through it and um, ended up on the other side well we we are soul sisters because um, I had a very similar situation just uh, reversal it was my mom and my dad was the Martha Stewart so isn't that interesting and yeah. I think you're the only grown woman who I've ever heard speak of Pippi Longstocking. I loved her. I watched her. I wanted to be her. <laughs> so isn't that funny? Yeah. Now, you I said, mean, we would play Indians in the backyard, run around with hammers. I stuck a hammer through my knee. We built log cabin forts in the backyard. It was a mess. We were a hot mess. <laughs> so it's all about that, you know, growing up but, in Atlanta. But you know what? And, yeah. Yeah. Because... I've now heard a little bit about your story 
And I can say at 50 years old, I would not trade my childhood because I think it made me creative. I think it Mm -hmm. made me innovative. I think it made me astute. And it allowed me at a young age to learn to love my own company and to really Mm -hmm. embrace my thoughts, just not really knowing as a young person what all that meant or how that was framed. But I learned tenacity and I learned grit really early. And, you know, my kids, my kids taught me that I'm, I'm the queen of getting back up, you know, I'll follow those. Absolutely. You know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to wipe them off and I'm going to find another way. And I don't think that could be taught in any university. And I think it's those life experiences that really shape us and mold us. And I think, everything that we add to that in our adult life, whether it be through experience or a course or something that we've gone through helping a friend, I think you couldn't get any better life experience so that when you meet people like you and I do now coaching, uh, we don't just have, we just don't have that experience. We have complete and authentic relatability. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just turned 50 on March 3rd as well. So we, you and I have a lot of affinity and synchronicity. Um, but, but yeah, so um, everything people are like, why are you a coach? Well, uh, everything I am brought me to now and, and, and it's not just my job, it's my life purpose. And um, uh, yeah, so I hope to help people. I hope to, um, empower the world to help them choose love instead of worry and fear. And, uh, and that's what I'd love to see. Now I want to ask you a question. Uh, when you were writing little queen of majesty lane, you said you were writing from a place of perception. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, what I meant was my reality as a child versus now what I know to be true or not. Does that make sense? So, so, um, or, or, well, I'm not, okay, I'm just going to be real straight. I didn't write about being molested. I wrote about the devil underneath my bed and the, and my little fairy friend. <laughs> and, and, you know, and me being able to, um, uh, you know, go outside of body experiences and all the crazy stuff that, that I did to protect myself. Well, and I don't necessarily think it was perception. I think that you were going back into that young mind. And like Absolutely. I just said, you, yeah. you were framing it to the best of your ability with such a young person that you didn't know any other way to elaborate or communicate that. So I'm sure yeah, that was a journey you know for right you. Or wrong? Well, yeah, I think it's hurt as an adult going, going out of an educated, mature brain, going back into that that young, naive, innocent one back and forth. So I agree with you. I think it was perception, but I think you wrote it from what you knew at that place in time. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly, that's, and that's really the only way to write it. Now I want to talk about your chapter in the change book 12, which I'm honored to be in with you. I'm going to read one paragraph that totally jumped off the page for me last night. So let me just read this to the listeners. And then I want to talk to you about how this came about and, and how you channeled it. This is the chapter that uh, hit me hard when I reread it last night. So this is Laura's chapter in the change book. She's in book 12 and I love the title. It's called a love note to all humanity. Here's, the chapter or the paragraph within your chapter that I found impactful. Your children are not yours. They are mine. Do not attempt to control or manipulate them into a limited way of thinking. They have their own divine path and destiny. Give your children strong roots and then give them wings. You are charged to raise them with love, kindness, and respect to protect them and keep them from harm. After you raise them, you must set them free. Let them learn 
from their lessons, just like you have from learned from yours. No matter how much you love them, you cannot pay the price for their mistakes in life. When you free up your resistance and give them back to me, loving God, you are allowing them to grow closer than me. I read this last night and I thought, okay, Laura, <laughs> divine <laughs> intervention, the stars have aligned, the planets are all lined up. It was a very mm-hmm. serendipitous moment because that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And I read it and I reread it and I thought that is the paragraph that I'm going to read because I loved the whole chapter and you channeled this and it's so beautiful. And I'm actually going to take this and share it with a couple of my colleagues because I just really think they need to read it right now. And I just want you to bring me and the listeners back to how did you start writing this and then what happened? Okay. So I often speak um, to churches and groups uh, about energy leadership and about changing your thoughts you know, change your thoughts, change your um, words, change your actions, you know, to create your world. So the title that I was going with originally was Change Your Thoughts, Change Your World, which was something that I speak about, like I said, and I just wanted to publish it. And I thought, well, that'll make a difference in the world. You know, if you can write one chapter for the world, what would it be? Because this is an international book. And um, it's an empowerment book. And you know, uh, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, when they put this together, they never told us what we had to write about. They just said, you know, write your chapter. So it was due the end of October. I, I, I don't know. It's, I was at the very end. But, you know, October 31st or something. And, you know, it's to be printed the end of November. So I had already written Change Your Thoughts, Change Your World. And I went to edit it. And instead of um, um, instead of editing, I decided I sat there for a minute, and at the same time, um, I had a uh, my boyfriend at the time, his teenager, uh, was cutting carving pumpkins with his girlfriend and making a bunch of noise, and I'm sitting there trying to ed- edit my chapter, um, and I'm thinking I'm just going to distance myself for just for a moment. And um, at just 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 free write, ad lib, you know, free write, and just see what else I might add to this, and then later on work it in, you know, as I edit. And so I started to free write. Within about one minute or less, tears just started pouring down, and um, I was like, "Oh, this is crazy! What is what the heck is?" happening to me and um there's a lot of distraction and i and i put put a headset on and i turned on it was like pandora and i put on like the the massage music or whatever it was like basically like white noise like ocean noise and you know something very calming and peaceful just so i could drown out the exterior because i get really distracted so i put on the headset and i continued writing and i was like holy crap i'm i'm actually the least likely to channel anything in this entire world. I mean, this is like a C student girl who, who was a, the socialite. I'm a little social butterfly and party girl. Okay. I'm not a channeler. So this is not me. And so it, compl- like it took me completely by surprise and I just typed away. I was typing it and um, I realized it was not literally not coming from me. That that God wanted to speak through me, and I was the messenger, and it was the craziest thing for me. I just bawled my eyes out. I wrote the whole thing in about thirty minutes, no edits, absolutely no edits, and any single time that I started thinking I or me or what's a better way to say this, I would just stop and wait and wait till it came again, and it was basically. God speaking through me. And then when it was done, I knew it was done. And then I was like, okay, what the heck do I call this? And what is it? 
And, you know, I really hesitated to write that it was from God, but really I was not the writer. It, I was simply the messenger. And if I were to read that chapter every single morning to myself, it would empower me and make me feel loved. And there's some things that came through that writing um, that spoke to me that I needed to get as well that I really didn't get until I, until it was typed. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. I mean, I, I've read it a few times now and I, I agree with you. I think each time I flip these pages and reread this, as much as I, I totally relate to what you're saying and I, I see your name, but the title is so powerful and so impactful. And you yeah. too, the, the way you channel it and it's written is, it's very third person, but it's just written so um, lovingly and it's just, it just makes me want to sigh. Like I'm reading it going, yes, I know this. And I just, what, what, what do you think succumbed you to feeling um, overwhelmed and, and having tears streaming down your face? What, where do you think that emotion came from you when you started channeling this? Um, I just, I came over with this feeling of just complete love and, um, and like, and like God loves us like we love our children. And um, that basically we're living a human existence and um, we're spiritual beings living a human existence. And, and, that, and that God's love is constant and that we run around making up a bunch of stuff. And we, you know, and... Uh, that's really what came to me is just complete love. And another thing that's interesting, and it's happened around me all my life, is a lot of people in my life have actually died and gone to heaven and come back. This is the craziest thing I know. But my mom actually died and went to heaven and came back when I was five. And that's in my book. She got run over by her own car. I was in the car. It's chapter five. Anyways, um, but later on I realized, you know, talking to her, she had gone to heaven and come back and she experienced complete love. That's kind of the feeling that I was feeling. Of course, I've never died and come back, but um, all of a sudden I was just um, overcome, overcome. Like, um, like the world needs to know this. And um, what it occurred to me, the feeling that occurred to me when I wrote the part about the children um, and, and I can't even say I wrote it, but when it went, when I was typing that, I, I, I um, but the thoughts that came to me is, yes, we create our kids, we create the spiritual beings, but God breathes life into the spiritual beings. God brings the soul, you know, where does the soul come from? Where does the spirit come from? And, you know, that's not really up to us. We can we can say we're going to have kids, but who those kids turn out to be, and you know how they're related to us and why they're chosen for us, we don't know. And frankly, when we're born, we don't choose whether we want to be black or white or uh, you know uh, Chinese or Hispanic or or uh, uh, Christian or Muslim or you know we, we're we're born into society, and it's like okay, how do, how do we what what decides that for us, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, we are, these souls are given to us. We're the parent, and these souls are given to us, but it's like, if you've ever had just, you know, many children, you realize that they're all very different, and sometimes they get things from you. Sometimes things are... Um, the way that they act and behave is is um, relative to their experience in the world. But sometimes you're like, gosh, where the heck did this come from? You know, um, sometimes they're gifted. Sometimes they look like us. Sometimes they don't look like us. But but that's the physical part. But there's a spiritual part. And like I'm I'm very concerned that my daughter, um, if if I if I choose to believe in past lives, which I think I do. Um, I'm very concerned that my daughter 
was probably my mom <laughs> because she thinks she's in charge of me. So, um, uh, you know, so, so I'm pretty sure she's once my mom in a past life, but, but when I, in this time, you know, I got to be her mom and luckily everything turned out okay, but, uh, it was a trip. It was a trip. Well, I think our, especially daughters, I think it's very easy for them to be loving and motherly if we extend those qualities of ourselves to them. And I think it's a protective thing with girls. I think it's much different than boys. I can't talk to boys because I have two girls, but uh, from my fellow colleagues that have sons, I, I definitely think that's a daughter scenario for sure. So I just wanted to know if you could let our listeners know what you've got on your plate for 2017 and what's the best way to get a hold of you website-wise. I'm publishing um, Little Queen of Majesty Lane. um, And then after that, my my mom just passed away in December of three types of cancer, but she has an incredible story. And um, her memoir is actually, um, which I, I, I went and I videoed uh, 55 30-minute sessions with her October of 2015 and got her permission to write her memoir. But her memoir is very different than mine. Um, I mean, it's the same in the middle, but, um, but I'm going to publish that in 2018. What I mean, it's the same in the middle. Well, you'll realize that, you know, I'm the child of the story and her story. Um, but hers is much like um, Pearl. Uh, if you imagine the movies, Ghost, Pearl Harbor, except it's Vietnam, and The Notebook. It's amazing. It's in a love story. It's yeah. So I would love to do hers first, but I got to do mine so that I can attract the right coaching clients, and so people get to know me. And so, so mine is Little Queen of Majesty Lane's coming out in this year in 2017 and autumn, um, probably the first week of November, um, as far as going out in bookstores. And then uh, my mom's, um, I'll probably um, put that out uh, spring of 2018 um, as a sequel. And hers is Grand Duchess of Druid Hills. And that is basically an area, of, also an area of Atlanta um, called Druid Hills, and where she grew up, you know, um, in her late teens. Um, it's an incredibly powerful book, and both books will leave a legacy of love in the world. Um, and um, my website I'm working on right now um, because I used to um, I, I used to only coach couples, but now I'm doing more of the energy work, and so I coach couples and individuals and um, uh, businesses. Um, but basically people in transition um, that want to move forward and that are, that are wanting um, to be the absolute best they can be in the, in life. Um, and um, I've got a lot going on. I'm, I'm going to start a radio show called Your Sexy Life and talk about uh, love, sex, um, health, and spirituality. And um, that's probably coming the end of this year. And um, I also have an organization called Bucket List Buddies International, and I want to empower people all over the world to live their dreams. So I got a lot going on. You got a lot going on, girl. Well, I want <laughs> to. I've decided since I I've been coined the the name the Concierge of the Change Book series because I've made it mm-hmm. uh, a real effort to reach out and get to know. I'm going to say 90% of the authors. So from the time that, from the time we have spent together, I've decided today and going forward at the end of each interview, I'm going to give you some names of some co-authors that I definitely think you should align yourself with just based on our conversation and me getting to know you a little bit. Um, Tracy Randall. Tracy Randall is in, uh, she's just outside of Atlanta. You definitely need to connect with her. I will send a message to you both. Uh, Eden Adele in Chicago, you definitely need to align, especially with your radio show coming up. Um, Beth Beth Haley is a a, uh, colleague of mine from Western Canada, and you have a lot of synergy with the work that you're doing. Um, I think you two could do some collaboration 
And you definitely need to connect with Diana Allen, uh, who is another fellow Canadian, but is living in the south of France. And then again, with your radio show coming up, uh, Jackie Oliver. I just, in listening to you for the last uh, 50 minutes, I'm I'm thinking just some of the things you're working on and and the way you run your practice. I just, I know you're going to have synergy with these phenomenal women. And I want to continue conversation with you and would love to know more about your bucket list buddies. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show and helping us out. I, you were on my list to call and uh, Emmy Augustine from book seven was to be on. And she is now a flight attendant with a major airline. So she is 40,000 feet in the air right now. So I thank you for coming on in such short notice and you were on my list to call. So you just got moved. Instead of having you in June, tonight. So I'm 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 gracious and, and grateful that you took the time to to be with me tonight. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And you know, like like everything, it's uh, timing is everything. And um, um, I think that everything is uh, divine. So so the fact when I told you uh, when you were going to review the chapter, I said, oh, well, then it must be your time to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because it was a reread and it was it was impactful. So I wish you all the best with your book and I look forward to getting a signed copy and and, and hearing your, your words while I read it. And I wish you all the best and I, I look forward to our, our next conversation together. Great. Thank you so much, Deb. Take care. Thank you, Laura. You take care. Just another insightful uh, interview tonight with Laura Lucinda Anderson out of book 12 and she channeled her, her chapter and, and named it a love note to all humanity. And I, I really hope that you get an opportunity to read this chapter. It's impactful. It's life changing. And like Laura said, it's something you could literally read every morning to set the tone of your day for meditation and having that foundational time to yourself, or even just starting your day with pure gratitude. So next week, I have to change our plans. I will not be with you on April 12th. We're going to move next week's interview with Ellie K. Borden, another fellow Canadian out of book two. I am off to Chatham, Ontario to help Charlene Renault, another co-author out of book 12. She's having a big event on April the 14th and one of her speakers became ill and is unable to speak. So I am going to go down and fill in for that person and speak to my love and passion in life on work-life balance. So I will be back next week. It just will not be Wednesday. And I want to thank you for sharing your time. And I hope you enjoyed the interview tonight with Laura Lucinda Anderson. There was lots of little nuggets in there tonight and lots of takeaways. So I wish everyone a great week, and thanks again for tuning in. This is Deb Crow with the Changebook Radio Show. Have a great week, everyone.